0: Yo. Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast. Today we have I'm um, Young World. Sorry, we're starting a little bit later. Let's get Robin and let's get Zane in.
1: Men. Yo, 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 yo. See and you... it is done. Anybody from Brooklyn don't hate on this. T-
0: <laughs> let's get, let's see, if we get Zane.
1: Anybody from Brooklyn, please don't hate tonight.
0: Yeah, I didn't think that they would get uh, swept. That's crazy to me.
1: Sweep did he do? It's over. It's a wrap.
0: rap, a rap for Brooklyn. They got to figure out their stuff, bro. That's it. They definitely do. They got to um. Like I was saying earlier, I think they gotta do away with Steve Nash.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, he's not even he's not even battle tested. Like, come on, man.
0: Yeah, they gotta do away with Steve Nash.
1: he's not even battle tested. But the Celtics played they stepped their game up. They did as soon as the turn, yeah.
0: Yo, they had defensively they had to shoot over fifty percent from the field for the whole series.
1: Yeah. Defensively they stepped the game up totally.
0: Yo yo yo.
1: Yo bro, you in the dark, son.
2: Yo yo yo. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear y'all. Alright.
0: Sure. I said I just now sent the um invitation to um young world. Okay. That brother.
2: Get him in here. Sorry about the delay, man. It was a crazy Man, I I don't even want to talk about it right now. Shit happens, bro. Yo, Ty, I see you looking, Ty. <laughs> and, the, and the crazy thing about it, right? The crazy thing about it? You know, I said invitation expired. Invitation expired? What are you talking about? You got to send it to him, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I sent it to him already.
2: Okay, cool. What's going on, though, y'all? Yeah, Theo, it does, man. It does take a hit. I'm good, bro. How you, man? Cooler, man. Cooler, man. Let's see. The busy day at work? Yeah, man. Busy, busy, busy.
1: (sighs) Crazy and busy. That's what work life is about, man. You can never
2: predict it. Yeah. All right. A couple of delays, Young World Joint. Nice. What's good,
0: Jasmine?
2: Shout out to everybody that's on here tonight.
3: Yo, what's good, bro? How you doing?
2: Yo, yo, yo. What what's up, up
3: y'all? I'm doing great. How you? What's
0: up, man? We good. Yo, thanks for having some patience and working with us. I know we running a little bit behind schedule. No, no. doubt.
3: No doubt. Yo, y'all can hear me. Uh, everything clear with the uh, AirPods, right?
0: Yeah, you're a little low. You're a little low. A little yeah. low.
3: Yeah. Let me see if I turn it. How's that? Is that any better at all? No?
0: Yeah, I gave you a little bit better.
3: That's better. That's a yo, bet. That's a bet.
0: Yo, so let's 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 get right into it. Yo, tell us a little bit how you got into music and um, who were some of your musical influences growing up.
3: So, honestly, I really got into music from a really young age. Like. As long as I can remember, music's been in me for real. You know, I grew up in church. So, you know, that's kind of where I feel like most, you know, people of color kind of get that first taste of that real soulful music, that feeling of music, you know what I'm saying? Because to me, music has always been right. like a feeling. And it's been something that I've been chasing, that that vibe that I get from when I just hear You don't even have to have words to it, but I hear certain songs or certain sounds and just make me feel away. That was my first right. remembrance of, like, getting that vibe getting that feeling like yo music is really it really speaks to me so from early on like i found myself you know watching movies like drumline and like the fighting temptations and like all of these music movies and just always being like seeing myself learning all the steps to the dances if it's stumped the yard or you know i'm saying learning how to play the drums if i'm watching drumline and like i want to be like that and just emulating a lot of things that i started to see and just Mm. you know eventually it just turned into like i think i want to do this as a career like some type of entertainment and you know music is just kind of the biggest part of that for real but it's really overall entertainment is where i just fell in love with yo for a young dude you
0: ran down a a, a slew of a whole bunch of classic black films boy you must really be into,
3: <laughs> <laughs> really into movies. yeah definitely <laughs> and you know the crazy part about that is bro because i haven't even like most people would be like you haven't watched this movie you haven't watched that movie because i don't really watch too much tv it's just like i know what i like and i kind of stick to those right. things and it's like I'll I'll see maybe a trailer or like, you know, things that come my way and I'll just find myself, when I gravitate to it, I just ingest it a lot. And it's just like, I'm going to keep watching it until I learn all of these uh, cadences from Drumline. or I'm going to keep watching it until I learn all the lyrics and learn how to sing these songs on the Fighting Temptations. It's just movies that just, you know, caught my eye from a young age. I don't even know how I saw them, if it was even my choice. Like, they probably was on TV (laughs) and I just was like, every time it's going on, I'm watching it, you know? No doubt, yeah. No
1: doubt. Yo, how, yeah. how let me ask you, man, how has life changed for you in the last five years?
3: Yo, it's been, it's been a lot. It's been a lot, you know, and even outside of music, just in personal growth and personal experiences, you know what I'm saying? It's been a lot, you know, right. aside from even what, you know, the past two years has been like with, you know, with the pandemic and everything, everybody's life has kind of changed to some mm-hmm. extent, you know what I'm saying? So, That's right. you know, that That's was a, fact. a lot. But before that, you know, like, so I come from Buffalo, New York, and I used to own a recording studio there. Um, like I said, I knew I wanted to pursue music from a long from a long time ago. So I've always was like, I've had entrepreneurship in me for a while. My Both my parents are entrepreneurs, so they kind of instilled that in me early on. So I knew that, you know, I didn't feel comfortable kind of working, you know, the jobs that I was working. And I wanted to find a way to be able to do what I love to make a living. So I opened up a recording studio when I was like 19, 20. Me and my pops built it like from the ground what? up. And um, Wow. Yeah, That's you know, dope. That. That's dope. Thank you. Thank you. So that's what I was doing about five years ago. That's what I was doing, you know, kind of just finding my way. I'm still making my connections as an artist, but figuring out ways to monetize my talents, you know, in music. Because I felt like, you know, if I'm going to be doing anything aside from being an artist, you know, it got to do with music. I want to be surrounded by music no matter what, you know. So, you know, just taking advantage of the blessings that that God gave me to be able to do different things. And, you know, just like, okay, I can make a little money doing this. I know how to do this. I know how to engineer. Let me go to the studio, you know. I know how to manage a business. Let me... Let me open up the studio and, and get that power. Right. So that's what I was doing five years. And that's actually how I met um Benny and the whole BSF click. So that's right. that's about five years ago was probably like that point in my career where it was like I'm making money solely off of music. That's when I really became dependent on straight just music. Before that I was working at nursing homes and McDonald's and you know, your average, you know, teenager yeah. getting a job Yo, right. the way I was a young man, type of stuff. Yeah. That's what Yo, i was I'm, doing. I'm, I I respect that because that that shows
0: like, yo, you have a lot of passion for the music. And also I think about like, you know, like the the shelf life of an artist, like some artists, you know, last longer than other artists. But you have like all the different skill sets and intangibles that's going to keep you around in the game for a long time. You know, as a musician, a person that could write, rap, produce, engineer. Entrepreneurial, like yo. So that's, that's,
1: I, I, that's was, cool. I was going to add. I was, was going to add on to that because he, he was raised as an entrepreneur. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. his parents, your parents, taught you self discipline and you know what I mean, taking care of yourself first, man. That is dope. That is extra yeah. dope. To even have that in your in your in your repertoire, bro, for real.
3: Nah, definitely, and you know, just a lot of skills. I'm I'm one of the people who kind of just believe in like whatever, whatever you know how to do. You, you know how to do it for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Life teaches you everything you need to know to be the best you that you can be. So even, like, you know, learning how to build houses and stuff like that, like, those skill sets carried over into my music career because I had to learn how to build walls. And put in yeah. the studio with my dad, you know, I know how to be able to even do that, you know what I'm saying? So save up the bread and actually be able to build these walls with my two hands, with me and my pops. So it's like it hit different when you're in the studio and you're working. You just take a look around and be like, yo, this is I really- built this. <laughs> you know I did this. so. <laughs> <laughs> you a know, yeah, so it, it hit different when when you when you learn how to just do a lot of stuff on your own, and sometimes that's a position that you gotta play. You know, what I'm saying you don't really have a choice sometimes because in this game it's really like a doggy dog world in this industry. It's really like every man for themselves kind of vibe. So until you got that team that you can really depend on, it's really by yourself. Everything gotta be done by yourself, and it, and you yeah. gotta compete on that level for you know to, for you to even be in the conversation. So it's like, how you going not have the resources and just have to be be dependent on yourself and whatever resources you got around you, but still be able to compete at that level. So that's that's really where where I was at a few years ago. was like figuring out, okay, I still gotta, I'm still, you know, when people listen to my music, the thing about this music, and I always tell people this too, it's a competitive sport, but it ain't, right. it, it got like, it ain't like they won't allow you to fight against a Floyd Mayweather because you ain't a professional boxer yet. Nah, you're, I was going to you know, ask you know that. If, I was going to actually give a you. A... Listener, it's, go- it's gonna be like. I'm either gonna listen to Young World or I'm listening to Drake. There is no, oh, I'm, in between. I'm feeling the independent artist vibe. I'm only listening. No, it's literally you got you competing against everybody in the world that makes yeah. music, whether they platinum charting artists or they have one fan. That's your competition. So mm. that's how you gotta look at it.
1: Yo, I, I liked how you gave a boxing skill analogy to how you approach life. Mm-hmm. You yeah. kind of explained that, but give give us a little idea what that looks like.
3: So. If, if For people that don't know, I used to be an avid boxer. You know, honestly, city boy Benny's right-hand man, when I when I met that whole clique, he was like, yo, bro, you got to stop boxing, bro, because it take up too much time. And I was okay. like, on my way to become well, like, a, a real professional boxer. Like, I was really okay. nice with it. Like, That's it something that I'm like, yo, if music don't work, this is what I'm doing. You know, it was, like, right. really hand-to-hand. So I use a lot of sports and boxing references because it applies to life in a lot of ways. So, like, boxing is the same in music in a sense where, like, it's a it's – a, once you get in that ring, you got to fight. You can get coached as much as you want. Your coach can yell at you from the corner. You know what I'm saying? People in the crowd can scream what they want. But at the end of the day, you got to swing and you got to not get hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's Bobby the same and thing Lou. with, like, life in and, and this music industry. It's a solo sport, you know. It's a, you got to have a team as well, but that's where you have – just like boxing, you got to coach, you got a trainer. you got to – You got to – A uh, nutritionist. <laughs> and the, you know what I'm saying? You got to right. man. Everybody plays their role back at the end of the day you in that ring. At the end of the day, I'm in that studio and I got to come up with that hit. Mm -hmm. So I I use a lot of references like that. And like with boxing, you can't just fight anybody. Like there are certain rules to like who fights who and like, you know, like when you're able to fight and where you're able to fight, there's certain rules that apply to that. So that's what I meant by that analogy. Like you can't just be like, I'm a boxer. I'm about to fight Floyd. They won't allow that. But you put out music, people going to say, I'm gonna compare you to such and such because you put out music. There is no rules and regulations to it. As you, you put out right. music, you're in competition with everybody, you know. Yeah. So you don't have that
0: protection of like I ain't professional yet, nah. Yeah. Nah, that's a really good analogy. Yeah. Guys...
2: Tell us, tell us about um, you know uh, up in Buffalo, right? Yeah. I feel that Buffalo is the diamond in the rough, right? And do you feel still to this day that you guys don't get the credit that you guys deserve as far as you know, like people that came before you, like Benny and Westside and Con- Westside and 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 you know. So, do you do you feel that you guys still have a lot more to prove, or do you feel that it's already etched in stone right now? So, all you got to do now is just is just add on.
3: I feel like there's way more to prove, and you know, I think we're just really scratching the surface with it, as far as like sure. what Buffalo has to offer. Like you got to think these guys are, you know, in the mid 30s, you know close to 40s, like, they've been grinding for so long. They've been grinding as long as I was able to talk, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and they're <laughs> out see out that. they wave, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, they've, in a sense, they've done what they're supposed to do for the town. They've done what, they, what they're what they supposed to do for the city as far as opening up them doors. Now it's the next wave where that's where people like me come into play, where it's like, now we got to carry that torch and make it, and make people see what Buffalo is really all about. They got the eyes on us, but now it's like, they're going to be looking at you, what else you got, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they've already solidified what they do. They know what they get when they when they hear that Griselda. They know what they get. But now it's like, okay, that that can't be the only thing in Buffalo. If, if that's so, if that's even that's so different, it's like there, there's no way that that's the only thing that comes from Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? There's no way that that everybody sounds like that. It's just impossible. So what else y'all got? Right. You know, and everything from sports to just everything. I feel like we've definitely been kind of like slighted in a sense. You know. Mm we've been kind of become notorious as like the underdogs of like the people that you know we've always had the potential but never followed through you know even right. forcing even the bills we went in four super bowls and lose them. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah We're yeah yeah about stuff that, it's like a lot of has beens or like a could have beens in buffalo you know a yeah. lot of those stories so it's like i think now is the time where it's like it it is it wasn't it, right. it's not a it's not a could have been story it's not a has been story it's a it is and here to stay story you know what i'm saying so that's really what right. it is. Now I feel like that's kinda the responsibility of like the younger guys where me and you know, Conway got drum work and um mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying stuff like that. People that's coming up under them. Yeah. It's really our but- job to really take that torch and be like, All right, but this that's is right. now now we're gonna now we gonna take it to the charts. Now we are gonna get them platinum records out of Buffalo. Now we are gonna really touch the masses. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know something though? Like
0: I, I um I think about like like a lot of uh, there's like a lot of cities where there's like one artist or group that they end up making that town go national. And to me, Mm -hmm. that's like the situation in Buffalo. But I I don't think that that discredits the talent that existed there before, right? So because nobody Mm -hmm. never hit on such a level or made it national like Griselda did, doesn't necessarily mean that there weren't other artists there that everybody in Buffalo knew like, yo, Mm -hmm. this dude got some shit. This is the dude or this dude is nice. So, for the cats that, like, yo, I grew up in New York, but I've never been to Buffalo. So, for all of our listeners, tell us who we should be listening to in Buffalo, who they may not necessarily be on a national scene, but they somebody Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're a Buffalo head, you know, yo, such and such had heat, and he had it for years. Yeah,
3: so, me, so, I have an interesting perspective, because, like I said, I own the recording studio, so I got to hear it. If you were serious about music, you came to my studio. You know what I'm saying? Like my clientele was up there. So it's like anybody that's really serious about the music, and Buffalo's kind of small as far as like the music community. So it's like everybody knows everybody, everybody knows there's a top tier of like, you know, if you got all a pool of all your local artists, there's a there's a handful of artists that everybody know, like, yeah, he's if anybody, it's gonna be these guys, you know. So mm-hmm. we got we got the open seasons, we got uh Corell, you know what I'm saying? Droid is a, and we got people who platinum, like droid is the platinum producer, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's he's produced K-pop records all over the world and stuff like that. So he's we got people who's really making waves. We got Keys, um, who's a part of a collective with AO and Keys and they produce you know, hit records, uh Cardi B and Lil yeah. Wayne and stuff like that, you know. So it's a lot of people who are doing stuff. I just feel like as artists, Griselda kinda has been in modern day, because we had Rick James and Google Docs before, you know. Yep. But I like, got modern that? day. They're the only That's artists, right. I would say. But we've had a lot of producers that have really been putting in a lot of work, you know what I'm saying, And and mm-hmm. on a, on a national level or a worldwide level. So, you know, I don't want to name too many names and people be like, bro, you didn't name me because I'm cool with like, <laughs> almost every artist in Buffalo, you know. So, like, um, right. the guys I just named was the first that popped up in my head. You know, those are my guys, you know. I worked mm-hmm. on mad stuff with them, um, you know. And Conway got his label drum work with Jay Skies and um, love the genius, you know. Uh who else we got? We got we got shots, you know what I'm saying? All right. And the whole BSF, you know, it's, it's people who probably don't even know about the rest of the artists on BSF. You know what I'm saying? Like we got, yeah, you know, it's me, it's lovebo Luciano, Rick High, He, Flex Baby, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, Fuego Flex Bass, Baby. you know. We got a lot of people that's that hasn't necessarily been heard yet, even though we 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 we're in the loop, you know what I'm saying? We connected, you know, I'm signing the BSF and stuff, but I'm just now even kind of Getting
1: my head in the door. Just getting your feet wet.
3: Right. So
0: So. so, so you recently um you relocated though, right? And you moved to you in Atlanta now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you feel like transitioning from Buffalo to Atlanta has influenced your sound?
3: It Mm.
1: should influence you by the weather, I tell you that. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yo, you know what's crazy about the weather, bro? I got tricked. I'm thinking it's about to be sunshine. In yeah, 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 Atlanta. yeah. Yo, in the wintertime, it might as well be in Buffalo, bro. It's cold. Snow. <laughs> That's it might so not fact. Snow as much as Buffalo, but, you know. It'd it's be cold. cold. Snow. It'd be cold. Like, you need a jacket. Mm-hmm. And I am I naturally run cold. Like, I'm a cold person. Like, I easily mm-hmm. get cold. So, like, nighttime, I've got a jacket on. People be like, boy, you don't know Buffalo no more. I'm like, I don't care. Cold. People always say, you from <laughs> Buffalo, you should be used to it. But I always say, man, cold is cold
1: yeah <laughs> co- that's right co- But you know, okay where think, you at
3: I don't think Atlanta has influenced my sound per se because honestly I've been here um like actually living here for like a year or two so mm-hmm. but I, yeah. I still haven't even been outside that much you know with the whole pandemic going on I moved out in the middle of the pandemic pandemic uh-huh. I moved out here so it was like you know Atlanta ain't shut down but I was still kind of iffy about going outside and stuff like that you know I'm still kind of getting acclimated to the city itself so I wouldn't really say that it's influenced it. Um, i say the South period has had an influence on all of our music, really. I mean, they've been running the game for so That's long so far. that it's only yeah. right. You know, I can't really say that it never influenced my music because I don't really know what came from Atlanta that I just don't know what came from Atlanta, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but me being here personally, I don't think that it has influenced my music yet. I'm sure it will in some aspect. Even the things that I rap about might not be the sound, but even the experiences out here, you know, might give stories to tell and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you know, that are different from living in Buffalo. You see life, you see things from a different perspective. It's a whole different city, whole different lifestyle. So, you know, I might change the things that I'm rapping about because of I'm seeing new things or going this place and going to that place. So, Mm -hmm. I can definitely see that happening real soon if it has not yet. Okay. Let's
1: talk a little bit more about influence and producing. You produce yourself, but who who, who influenced you to be a producer and an engineer?
3: So, I had a I had a mentor um from when I was probably like ten, eleven, twelve ish when I met this guy. His name's Kid Cole. Um and he's a big legend in Buffalo. You know, he used to work with Def Jam and he was recording everything that went through Def Jam for a good probably ten, fifteen years straight. Um, DMX, Ashanti, like his accolades are crazy. You know, you walk into the studio and just see plaques everywhere. And this was the first person that I've seen from Buffalo that was like in like in the industry and actually has a name for and a rep for himself. Yeah. Um, right. But so my dad introduced me to him once he figured out, you know, that I had grew a liking for music, and even that in itself was because I got grounded. Yeah, I was messing up in school. Mom <laughs> took away the TV. No outside. No. Not,
1: that's
3: structure, wanted,
1: baby. That's structure.
3: Structure. It was structure. She's like, you got to get it together. So I'm sitting in the crib, bored, and like I said, I'd be watching movies and getting influenced and stuff like that. So I see my little, my older sister my older god sisters and cousins stuff they like little bow wow and all of that b2k and like all of these artists it's like young but they right. lit you know they lit so right i'm looking at these guys like i'm they're my they're influencing me you know and i was writing poetry at the time but while i was on punishment couldn't do anything else my dad gave me like this old NPC this beat machine that his friend was getting rid of from like the 90s like this was like
2: it wasn't <laughs> like today's show so- where
3: you can really like load samples and stuff Mm-hmm. This is all
1: why you were like 10, 11, 12?
3: Yeah, like I was grounded in the crib. Like, and he was like, You bored, you gotta do something. And he gave me this. I was mad. Right. Enough, you know, shout out yeah. to
1: your pops, yo. Shout, shout out to, to your
3: pops. For real,
1: for real. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to pops for that, man. Yeah. Seeing, seeing the vision like my son needed my son needed to get the wheels turning a little bit. He can't just yeah. be sitting here like a plant in the window. Let me give him something <laughs> to work on right yeah. now. That's dope. Yeah. Listen, man, that's a testament right there when, when your parents can see that. And, and, and can implement and throw that at you like that, and you take Facts. up, you take it up the way you did? Facts. Get and about it, you bro. Know, at
3: the time, I don't think he had any idea how it would eventually turn into what it is, you know? I, you know, he's. I, I played instruments from, like, from the time I was probably, like, seven. I was taking drum Facts. lessons and wow. stuff like that. You know, I was, I've been playing trumpet since fourth grade all the way through college, like, up to this day. Like, trumpet's been my main instrument. You know, I was a drum major in college, so, like, I've always been playing and stuff like that. So they knew I like music. But so he he gave me this piece of equipment. This is a little old NPC. And, you know, you know, them old joints, it wasn't like today where you could like load samples and chop samples and stuff. It literally was <laughs> strictly for like programming drums. That was it. Yeah. You know what I'm that's saying? Like the button literally says kick, snare, hi hat. That was mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and it, it held like 100 uh, beat loops on it. I deleted everything and I made all 100 beats in, in like a matter of a few days. So
2: wow.
3: Um, wow. Um, that's when I was like, this I, that's why I figured out this is fun for me, you know. It was never really fun. It was kind of something I just always did, like write and stuff like that. But then it was like, this is oh, this is fun. I can make my own beats, and basically I took that around that beat machine that pun- with my little. That punishment
1: work, bro. That punishment work.
3: After, after a while, <laughs> I'm like, Yo, keep me on punishment. <laughs> if this is what I got to do, if this how punishment is. Yeah. So. You know, I took that and kind of, uh, he introduced me to Kid Cole, and at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing as far as recording or anything like that. He was just like, yo, my son got these raps. It was poetry at the time that I had, and I combined it with my beats. I'm like, I got these songs, but I don't know how to, what to do with it now. So my dad introduced right. me to Kid Cole, who was like a old friend. He used to be like, you know, they used to know each other back in the day and stuff. Um, and, uh, when he took me there, Kid Cole at the time had, like, a studio in his living room. Like, his whole downstairs of his house was, was a studio. So, okay. um, it just so happened that you know, like, like I said, my dad an entrepreneur and he he built stuff. So he ended up doing some work for me. He built his studio in his backyard. Um, mm-hmm. And since then, we had that relationship. I, he would always take me to the studio while he was doing work in the backyard. I'd be in the, in, in his living room recording my album. And the deal was, my dad said, "I, right, I'm taking you to the studio. As long as your grades is up, you get to go to the studio every weekend." Mm-hmm so that, that was my, that was my yeah, that, that worked i was like you know that was, that was my outside instead of playing with friends or like trying to go hang out and stuff i'm like i'm trying to go to the studio forget what y'all talking about so yeah, yeah that's right you know so, that's right you know i took the whole school year basically and recorded the an album and then that summer i made it my goal i had my first cds ever and i was like i'm gonna sell 100 cds in the summer and i did that 100 CDs for ten dollars. I made a thousand in the summer, and I, when I, you know, at the age you're like 12, 13, yeah. 14 years old, you. You're well, <laughs> looking like that. that. Yeah. yeah. It was my first taste of getting paid off of doing something that you know I created. Yeah. For you know, yourself. To, you know, for myself, and it was like, mm-hmm. all right, that's where it really started. Like, ah, right, yeah, we are taking this for real now. This is a career at this point. This is what we, This is how I'm about to make my living. This is how I'm mm-hmm. about to make my money. So that's where it really started. You know, Kiko's been a mentor to me since since then. And I'm 25 now. So we got 10, 15 years plus with each other of just building and working yeah. and stuff like oh. that. So, you know, he's he's an engineer and producer himself. And he taught me the ropes of how to how to do everything. I would just sit there and watch him. I, you know, I go in the booth and record my lyrics and be like, don't press no buttons. yeah." I'm coming out the booth. And I sit next to him with my own computer and watch him do his work and just copy it and emulate it. And I take it home and like, have his as a reference. Yeah. And I go record myself at the house. And then I would just try to get it as close to his as possible without looking at it. It was like a cheat sheet, and this is how I studied right. the game, and that's how I learned how to do everything. Really,
1: you're really observant, bro.
3: Yeah, appreciate that, man.
1: You're really observant, and it's something else I like that you said coming from a young from a young guy. He you said most young fe- most young people they need guidance. Not yeah. too many young people say that. Mm-hmm. For you to acknowledge that, and I'm sure that comes from your parents putting you behind on punishment and all that that, that set you straight. Facts. But, Facts. but the jewel in that is paying attention to why you're on punishment, and then having something constructive to do. And shout out to both of your parents; they need to be all here too, son. That's <laughs> a fact.
3: That's a fact. I'm surprised they're not alive they be watching everything I do. They like, oh, you gotta, Real,
1: you man. Shout I out admit. to that. Shout out to mom and pops, man. I'm shouting you out today.
3: You know, they sacrificed a lot, so was, bro. You know, hitting the road, driving, and all of the money. I ain't had no money to fund my career or the studio or whatever, you know. Shout out to Pops, you know what I'm saying? He, was, he would trade work, like, do work for his, on a studio, right. build and stuff in yeah. exchange for studio time for me, you know. Like, yeah. you know, efforts like that that maybe I didn't recognize at a young age what was going on. I'm just like, I'm in the studio enjoying myself. But now it's like, yo, I really see. They really put in you a lot see, of work. Yeah. Like, wow, I, you know?
2: So, all yeah. right, Tell us about tour life, man. Were you able to experience uh, the West Coast or the Midwest? Yeah, bro. So, I did Chicago.
3: I don't know. I'm kind of bad with geography, to be honest with you. But I think Chicago to Midwest, right? Is it Detroit? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You're
1: yeah, right. The Midwest.
3: Yeah, yeah. We did that area. Um, we went up and down the East Coast, you know, from the South to the North. We did the Midwest, and we did the West Coast. And um, that was my second tour with Benny, actually. And before that. Uh, my only tour experience had been like I put together a high school tour when I was in high school. I did like this anti-bullying uh, tour. Where, How about you know, that? I just perform. Which I just performed at, like because that's when I was recording my first project. That's where the whole young world was thinking about Kid Cole gave me that name, and mm-hmm. I would come to that's the that. studio and my name was Lil C at the time. And he's like, call me Young World all the time. I'm like, but why you call me that? But eventually, it just stuck. He just was just saying it because, like, you know, He old school. So he's like, What up, Young World? Like, you the Young World.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably what I would call you, too. So I would probably call you that, too. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So I didn't know, keep it was, in I didn't real. know the Slick Rick reference or none of that. I didn't know what that was. He just kept yeah. calling me. And I remember one time asking him, Wow. Me, like, Yo, Dad, my name is Lil C. I even say it on my raps. Why you don't know my name? He keeps saying Young World gave me confused with some other dude he recorded his something. But <laughs> it stuck eventually. And I was like, You know what? When right. I heard my first album, I'm like, I represent the Young World. Like you know what I'm saying? I All want right. to inspire. I want to inspire the youth. I want to be that guidance and that inspiration for people. Like you know, the artists that I look up to is like inspiring to me. I want to be that for other people as well that don't necessarily have a voice or feel like they have a voice or can't express it the way I express it. Maybe I can say things in the way that people aren't able to articulate. You know, maybe they might feel the same way or have the same story as me, but don't know how to say it. Right? And sometimes when you listen to a song, you be like, "Man, he said exactly what I wanted to say. I just couldn't find the words mm-hmm. I You know, you got so it. I want you to you got that for millions of people.
0: You got to flip that young world sample, though. Have you ever tried to um, do something with that Yo, sample?
3: You know, my whole career, people always been saying that so far. And it's like, <laughs> I kind of want to wait to the right time. Because I don't want to disrespect it.
1: Right, 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 I mean. right. right. I, I got you. Really See? It, you
3: know, and it's even a class if i on a record or something, I want to do it right. Like how Benny just did the 10 more Crack variants. You know, he got Diddy on the record. Like, you got to do stuff like that the right way. Yeah. You can't, you know what All I'm right, saying? Right, I don't want to just go to the studio and be like, oh, we're just having fun. Let's flip this sample. Like yeah. we could do that, but I won't put it out until I feel like it's right. Right yeah. you know what I'm saying. I want I wanted yeah. to do it to do the whole the whole the whole thing. So, but yeah, I have so, a nice concept it, behind it. Facts, like I got to do the I got to get everybody involved that was part of the record before. I got to do my research on who did mm-hmm. what and what was what. What did this mean? What was that? So that it can make sense for modern day and you know whatever it did it out, back in the day. I wanted to <clears> have that same influence or the same effect in the modern day. So yo. We we talk we talk
0: a lot on this podcast about um, bridging the gap, you know, like bridging the gap between some of the older artists and the newer artists. And I think in your instance, one thing I noticed, like doing some research on you and listening to you talk, like you're you're very much a student um, of the mm-hmm. game. I think you know, mm-hmm. being around the BSF family, also, I think that there's there's like a natural built-in um, there's a natural built-in component there of an old school feel but the reality of it is that there's are still fairly new artists on this mm-hmm. continuum also so mm-hmm. how from your perspective i guess how does somebody who's considered to be a newer artist bridge the gap with an older
3: artist like what is what does that mm-hmm. process look like and is there value in it i think there's a lot of value in it because like you said, I'm a big student first. You know, I like to learn. I'm very observant and pay attention to things going on. Like, I've always been told that I'm, you know, wise beyond my years or wiser than people my age. And that's honestly yes, because i surrounded myself I with people. I've always surrounded myself with older people that have, like, their head on straight. You know what I'm saying? that's also props to my parents and, you know, moving me out to certain – to the suburbs and having a better and getting out, you know, being able to travel and see certain things a certain way. Like, I've, I've seen things from a different perspective that I know that is way mm. more than what – people make it seem like it is, you know? So I've always been searching for those things and be like, I want to know a lot, I got a lot of questions to think. So, you know, people that are in positions that I aspire to be in like Benny, I'm going to sit around him and be like, I don't even, cause sometimes you don't even got to ask the questions. People will show you, you mm-hmm. know,
2: you can see how hard
3: <laughs> Benny works. He doesn't, you don't have to ask you, how hard is it to be an artist? You can. All you gotta do is watch him work and you'll be like, okay, that's what you gotta do. That's how you gotta move. So it's, it's, it is very important to have that, those older figures and, be able to also translate that to the younger generation or the people that might look at you the same way, you know? Mm -hmm. So understanding like, where are you trying to go? So you surround yourself with people who either have those things or have the same goals or, you know, like-minded people. And then Mm -hmm. just being creative enough, I guess, to where me being me, I'm going to tell my story and my perspective and my music. So Mm -hmm. hopefully by me doing that, if I just let's say I just learned something today, you know, I'll that's game that I that I personally use in my life. So it'll come out in my music because that's something that I actually hold on to. So then when people hear my music, I might say a gem or a jewel that they they catch on to. like, Oh, I didn't even know that he did that or he, he meant that and stuff like that. So I think it's very important to be able to be the bridge. A lot of a lot of kids, and especially in our generation now, like in the world we live in now, is completely different than it used to be. Like the discipline is not really there as much. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? that like, guidance is not really there much. It seems like everybody, it's like a free fall for everybody and it's kind of wild. <laughs> so like yeah.
2: seems know, like when social media came, it, it just yeah. it got out of order.
3: Yeah, yeah. like it, you know, we need that we need that personability, if that's a word. Like we need that personal yeah, yeah. to be personable. Got you. you know, we gotta, you know, let I like to let people know that I'm a real person. You know, people kind of create this like this like pedestal for artists once they get to a certain level. And it's like, yo, these people are regular just like you. So like, that's the all perspective right. that I'm at now where it's like, I, I'm around all these people that people look up to and people want to be like these rappers and stuff like that. But to me, at this point, these are all regular people that I know grinded just like I grinded to be at where they at, you know, and I'm at, at a point where they once were at, you know, so they're not much different than me because at one point they were just doing the same thing that I'm doing. So it's like, when you when you have that insight sometimes people who are so far from it or so far removed from it may not even be in this industry. They tend yeah. to paint like this picture of like these perfect people that have, like they can't do any wrong and like everything that they say they want to do, you know? And it's like, it's good to be able to tell people like, just take things with a grain of salt from your own perspective and form your own perspective, listen to a lot of stuff, you know, experience yeah. a lot of different things. And I'm big on people being who they are. I always tell people like, if you, if you aspire to be like me, or like want to be like a guy like me, just be yourself because that's all I'm doing. You know what I'm, I'm not doing anything that you nobody else can't do. It's just a matter of if you want to do it or not, or if you that type of person. So
2: yeah. I think
3: it's, yeah. to answer your question, I think it's very important to be able to be that bridge and have that guidance because a lot of people don't have that. So I'm just able to pass it, pass it on to my yeah. peers.
0: You know, one of the mm-hmm. things that I think that's lost in like that transaction though is that whenever we talk about that the bridge, we talk from the perspective of the young folk reaching back and getting game from older cats. But I, I do think that there's older artists that can learn a lot from new artists. From the younger do you that's right. And I don't, know if, I don't know if there's been enough of an openness or willingness to kind of soak up that game because there are older mm. artists that are still stuck in a mindset of, you know, I need a major label behind me to do mm. this, to do that. You know, they haven't embraced that hip-hop and marketing and all these things have changed. So mm. to me, it's a perfect marriage when you can get... Um, you know a, a younger cat that could be a sponge and an older cat that could be a sponge and soak mm-hmm. up game and then come together and then you know what you've been exposed to an audience maybe that me may a an older demographic and then they've been exposed to a younger audience that may be like damn yo i need to go back and check this dude catalog based on the work that young world did with him you know mm-hmm. i just for some reason that element seems to be missing from hip-hop and i and i always ask people they're trying to figure out like how do we get to that point where it can be that transaction that energy where we you know you gain an
3: audience as a result of it. I think nowadays honestly older artists or people that are, not even just artists, there's other people, execs and things like that with the same mentality that just think, you know, you know, they'll even treat me as a, a certain way like, oh you need to do this. It's like a boot camp. Like you know people would be like you gotta prove yourself and stuff like that. Like that old thing hate, you gotta like, be hazed. You gotta earn it and stuff like that. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta earn it but at the same time. I be knowing what I'm talking about too, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, right. there are things that I know that that other artists don't know or older artists don't know yet because it wasn't a thing when you was when you was doing your thing. Exactly. So how would you know that? You know what I'm saying? But it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of stubbornness when it comes to like you were young. But what can you teach me? But at the yeah. same time, it's like, bro, you got to play. You got to play our game. At the end of the day, yeah. this is this. You know, hit, you know, music is a young person's game. It's gonna. It's always been that way. It's gonna always mm-hmm. be that way. Like the young people are always driving the music industry. You know. All, all across the board. Those are the biggest consumers. You got to, at some point, accept the fact that you got to appease to the younger people or else, yeah. you know, I mean, it ain't going to work out too well. You're going to limit yourself. You know what I'm saying? But if you're trying to get the, the biggest amount of audience that you can get, you got to do what the young people like, whether that's mm-hmm. dressing like them. You know, your jeans might be too baggy or, 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 <laughs> or you, know, your, you know what I'm saying? Like, your, your chains might be a little bit too long or something like yeah. that where it's like, you might be thinking that we try to make fun of you or clown you or be like, oh you. Y'all don't know how to dress. Y'all, oh, your jeans so tight, but it's like, bro, that's what we do. We don't think our yeah. jeans is too tight. You know, that's what we do, or that's how we rap. That's the beats we like. You know, mm-hmm. that's just that's our lingo. You might gotta change the way you talk, but at the end of the day, I think people like Benny are prime examples of what happens when you are also willing to continuously learn. It's not they, about ooh, you know you exactly. Like. Benny's at a level. The man is the man. Just charted his album. The man got a song with J. Cole, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, the only thing stopping him from getting them platinum records and stuff like that, I'm not even saying stopping him. The only reason he hasn't is because he hasn't done that part of his career yet. That's where he's moving into, I feel like. I feel like, personally, he's getting mm-hmm. more into right. that. Now he's going to start crossing. Road. He's already proved that he, he's the top spitter. Like, what he wanted to do, as far as his career, he's already accomplished that. Now it's about what else can we do. Now it's about expanding that. And for Benny, yeah. he's always willing to learn. So he know he understands what it's going to take for him to you know, people want to be like, oh, can you compete with a Drake? He know what he gotta to do to compete with Drake.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what
3: I'm saying? He know what he gotta do or what he gotta to say to, to to get the to get the masses, to get the youth. You know what I'm saying? He understands that. And that's and also a big part of why he signed people like me. Because he understands like, yo, this this music game is so broad. Mm-hmm. You can't just you can't just sign people that's gonna sound like Griselda. He, we already got Griselda. We already got it. Yeah, go Sign another person that that, that sounds like him or is trying to be him. Why would he do that? You know Switch it up. Yo, you so know we, it's,
0: we, it's 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 ahead. it's funny you it's funny you say that because I, another thing I was thinking about as preparing for this interview is that um like the trajectory of people's careers. So you see people start out when they um when they're creating and they're making music for themselves. But I feel like you know, and I'm I'm not an artist, but it seems like from the outside looking at it, at some point an artist gets to the point where they're no longer making music for themselves. They're making music for consumers and other people. I sometimes wonder for artists though, when is it most enjoyable creating when you're creating for yourself or when you're creating for consumers?
3: Mm-hmm. That's a great question too. Cause I do both. <laughs> I do both. So it's like, mm-hmm, that's right. I, I get, I get, and it's not even all about money per se. It's really about like, okay, you want the most people to hear this music. So, I think I think it depends on the day. Like, if I'm speaking from a personal perspective, I think it depends on the day. Because I might go to the studio and be like, I really got to get this off my chest. I'm going to think about this. This is something real personal. This is a song that I just need this therapy right now. So I'm going to go to the studio and get this off my chest and say what I need to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: There's other times where I'll be like, let's have some fun and do something I ain't never did before. Or let's have mm-hmm. some fun and do something I could imagine such and such doing. Or let's let's pretend I'm at the club tonight. And what would I be performing at the club? Let's make a song like mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? So, I know people always say like you're never supposed to go to the studio like with the intentions of making certain records, but I mean, I got the studio in my crib. Like I'm, I have the I have the, the blessings. <laughs> you have talent. all
1: intentions. You know,
3: mm-hmm. I have you know. I can I have that leeway that I can just really do whatever I want whenever <laughs> I want to. You know what I'm saying? Like there is times where I right, when it's time to sit down and do an album, like okay, let me think of my concept and you know what I'm saying. But I make so much right. music that I'm always having fun with it, whether it's whether it's something that I ain't never done before or I could be speaking from another person's story and stuff like that. So it's like, it's just, it's just a matter of, I guess, what your intention is with that song. Like some people don't feel like they can speak from other people's perspectives or they'd be like, I don't want to make certain type of records cause I ain't never did that for me. That's fun because it's like, I'm, it's like writing a movie about something that you ain't never been through. It's like, what would I imagine this to be like? Or, you know, that's a challenge for myself that I find enjoyable. Where it's like, Uh-oh. I can tell this story from somebody else's perspective or, you know, like, my my older brother, like, what he going through. I, I speak to him every day. It might be stuff that right. he might want to hear on the record that I know, he, like I said, that he might not be able to put it into the words or it might not sound the way he wanted to sound when he say it out loud. But I got that gift. Why not tell the story from my perspective and maybe that song could touch him and whoever mm-hmm. else can relate to it, you know what I'm saying? It might not be my story, but I know there's people. That's why I always say, like, it don't matter what you talk about in music. All you got to do is find out who wants to hear that and get it to them and you mm-hmm. got an audience. <laughs> There's billions yeah. people in the world. I could talk about these AirPods right now, and guess what? Somebody <laughs> wants to buy it. You know who? After. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Could, <laughs> who got Air I, I
1: could can tell you, you one them. thing. Right. And that's dope. Yeah, I listened to your album, Soul, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the tracks that, that stood out to me was Move Mountains. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I always speak about imagination clearly. And you said yourself, you know, a lot of times, you know, older people can learn from younger people, but there's a verse you use that that stood out to me, and I think it went a little something like, "Where I'm at, I imagined it, dealt with all sorts of tragic shit. Now I'm rapping shit, and that wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. That's the power of intention and manifestation. Like, where did you come with that? Were you re- yeah. you was read one of my books, bro. You was reading <laughs> something." <bro. laughs> because not, yeah. not and I, and I tell you as 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 gifted as you are as, as talented as you are you're very wise most people even at my age don't know the power of imagination mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying cuz mm-hmm. anything you think about you can manifest mm-hmm. i thought that was dope and that's one that's one of my songs i like now move mountains joe All right
3: thank you for i real. appreciate that for real that was that was thank like you. the starter line so what I do, like, sometimes I'll be randomly thinking about stuff, and I'll write it in my notes, and it might sit there for a minute until, mm. you know, I might be looking for that inspiration or I might be going through my notes just looking for something to rap, and it'd be a line that I started with and be like, okay, now, I got that feeling back or whatever that was that inspired that sparked something else in my brain. So I, everything I think of, I try to write it down. And that was one of those right. songs that right. started out with that line specifically. Like, um, and I remember, like, I, w- I was I was listening to that beat,
1: Mm-hmm. A car ride, and that beat is hot rides. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was,
3: I was on a grocery ride to the store, a, a, a car ride to the store with my girl, and I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and I'm like, I just got this new beat pack in. Um, it was from Bulgaria Beats, and I'm like, I like this little melody that he got in the, in the beginning, but I want to do something to the drum. Uh. I want to add something to it, so it sparked, it sparked another level. So I'm riding in the car, and I'm sitting there, and we, <laughs> she ready to get out the car. I'm like, hold on, I gotta write this down. So I'm I'm literally writing that where I'm at I imagined it, dealt with all that tragic shit. Now I do this rapping shit and that wasn't no accident. And it wasn't really no what, accident. What happened was I was going through a lot, bro. Like really? I said, the past few years, I've been through a lot. Like my my older brother, my god brother, he passed away. You know what I'm saying? Mm. DJ Shea passed away, you know what I'm saying? The whole pandemic was going on. I mean my uncle passed bro. away, you know. It was yeah. just a lot of a lot of stuff going on personally, and I'm like, man, I'd have been and i it just got me thinking about like everything I've been through in my career, like not even like I said, not even with music, because the thing about the music industry and like being an artist, your personal life is part of your career as well. You know what I'm saying? Like that, you know, you it's as an artist that. is you as a person. So like, everything that affects me personally is going to affect my career. So I always combine the two. So like, you know, I was mm-hmm. I was going through a lot, and like, you know, I I talk about it in my music too, like going through anxiety and and depression and stuff like that, getting a therapist and stuff like that, where it's like,
1: man, it's I a lot
3: of stuff to be able to you know yeah. still stand strong and you know, be able to, you know, get through those trials and tribulations, a lot of times that stuff can break people or discourage people And it's like, mm-hmm. that. The, what I meant by that kind of the accident is like I knew I wanted this for a long time and I've always imagined, like you said, that manifestation where it's like, I know, I know no matter mm-hmm. what I don't know, at the time when I was younger I didn't know I'd be going through that stuff, I didn't know I would lose certain people or be through certain situations like, I didn't know none of that, but it's like, no matter what, I know what I'm trying to do and I know where I'm going to be headed so it's like, mm-hmm. That's what
1: that whole line. It was like a lot that went into that line. <laughs> so I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. up on Yo, it like- And if I felt it because I am I manifest a lot of things in my life. I manifest this house that I'm sitting in now. I manifest mm-hmm. the jobs. I manifest being in certain environments because I sat and gave it thought. I let it go. i be a little patient. And it might take a little time, but when it show up, I recognize it. Like, oh, it's right here. Now it's time for me to act. Mm-hmm. Now I walk into the situation I seen months ago, or maybe a year ago, and it just—it's like, oh shit, I did that. Right. I actually right. did that. You know what I mean? But now it—now w- once it comes, now it's the opportunity for you to take control and live it out. You know what I mean? Right, so that's that why cool. I looked at that. And I was like, that's dope. That's, that's dope for a young artist to get that.
3: Yeah, I appreciate for you. Real. I appreciate that you liking was, that line, man. That was—that mean—that mean a That, lot was, for real, that, that, for line,
2: that was hard. Tell us about your track for the lady, She Wanna.
3: <laughs> Yo, She Wanna is, is a favorite, <laughs> definitely, man, definitely. Uh, yeah. So really, it's just, a, it's just a, fun, a fun vibe. That was an example of like me doing something that, you know, like creating a scenario, you know what I'm saying? That's not, yeah. you know, it's not about a person specifically or anything like that. It's just like, yeah. you know, like, you know, a girl seeing a, a young dude that's doing his thing, you know, she want to slide, she mm-hmm. want to ride, you know what I'm saying? It's just really about a story about yeah you know, a girl that may be in a situation that she's not being appreciated the way that she should. And, you know, and the thing is, too, like, I leave a lot of my songs up to interpretation. So, like, when I do interviews and stuff, it's like, I give it my perspective and it might change people's thoughts about the song. So, my perspective is, like, it wasn't had nothing to do about, like, bagging the girl or anything like that. It was like, we didn't even have those intentions for each other. It was no romantic relationship or anything like that. It was just a matter of, she found me cool. Like, we cool. We kicking and She just wanted to come over and spend time with the gang, with the squad, because that's where she right. wanted to be versus being in a situation where she feels unappreciated. You know what I'm saying? So um about you know what I'm saying? I'm basically saying the song, man. Don't worry about that. Do your do your thing, man. You know what I'm saying? If it's if it's meant to be, it'll be. And if it ain't. It ain't. So that's what that song is about. Hey, I you know. It's a fun record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: for, for that album, that blue album, because I, I listened to I listened to it on title, but I couldn't see like the production notes. Did you do did you did all the production for that
3: album? So Either I produce the track 100%, me, or I co-produce with someone else. But every track on there has production credits by me. I very, very, very rarely ever let songs get done without me having production. You know, towards it. Right. Um, yeah. You got You know, you got a quite quite a bit of range as a producer.
0: Also, like based on the tracks, yeah. when I was listening to the album, and this is why I asked you earlier about like has Atlanta influenced your music? Because to me, like the album is like a a, a tale of almost like um like two two types of artists like one Mm -hmm. one sense i hear like a lot of grimy bars and stuff like that and then the the other side of it i hear like a lot of melodies Mm -hmm. you know so i'm wondering like was that strategic that you was like i got i want to make sure i have these records that i know is going to be from the street because everybody know this is what they expect coming from buffalo but then Mm -hmm. i want to have these other joints over here that somebody could rock in a club
3: and really you know really turn up to
1: Mm -hmm. look diverse right
3: So my intentions with with that and and even structuring it the way that I did from song one all the way down to 11 was I wanted it to to flow in a way that it felt like you were listening to a radio station or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like when it first come on, you know, you hear like the radio effects and stuff like you're changing the stations. And then I wanted to come right off the bat with just telling my story. Like, yo, this is who I am. This is what y'all about to get into. The first like two, three tracks is all about telling my story as far as like the bars because I feel like. Sometimes when the melodies get involved, sometimes the message can get lost in that. So it's like, I'm giving it to you raw. Like, the beat gonna catch you, yeah. The beat sound cool. At the same time, I'm forcing you to listen to what I'm saying. Um, and then as you progress, it kind of starts to show the versatility and also tell different sides of me. So, um, you know, a romance side, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a fun club side, you know, when I like to go party. And, um, you know, and in each song, you know, I'm really – I'm really spitting at each song. Like, I'm really giving pieces of my own stories in those in those songs. So the, the intention, like, if you listen from top to bottom, like, when you hear certain names or certain references in the first songs, like, eventually those things are revealed throughout the album. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, okay. it's, it's one of those albums that I put together. And I'm like, yo, with time, people are going to start listening to these songs more and more. And every time they listen to it, they're going to get something different out of it. Every time they listen to it, they're going to have more to appreciate about it. And that was my intention. And also just showing the versatility like yo this is my first introduction on really like a mass scale you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. just you know this is what empire so this was like you know there that's a big deal so it's like okay i know a lot of people gonna listen to this more than probably have listened to me before so let me make sure i'm giving people a clear-cut image of what you know i'm able to bring to the table and also just having something for everybody to relate to because you know i made a post the other day and i asked people what's their favorite songs and it was so mixed yeah <laughs> like it's like you know, I was like, imagine if I would have just kept this all rap, how many people probably wouldn't have commented or probably wouldn't have found anything that they like, you know. And then I remember we had a listening party um, a very long time ago, honestly, it was in Buffalo. And we in there, it was the whole BSF. You know, we got a lot of gangsters in there, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, a lot of hood dudes, a lot of my peoples, because I'm not from the hood, really. Like, I'm from I'm from the east side of Buffalo, but I mm-hmm. also grew up mainly in the suburbs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I got mm-hmm. those different perspectives, so it's like, I've been testing this music around all of those different people this whole time. So it's like, you know, all of these records have been successes around everybody. So it was like, it wasn't records that I'm like, this is going to be specifically for them, but they ain't going to like this, or that's going to be for them, but they ain't going to like this. It was like, I feel like all these records can really be enjoyed by everybody. And that was kind of the main idea of like, you know, I want to tell my story, but also make it sound cohesive and make sure that everybody can vibe to it, no matter what, where you coming from or how you're hearing it you're going to enjoy something about it. And every time you listen to it, you'll grow more and more appreciation for it.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, that's a lost art. I don't know if a lot of artists still focus on arrangement and placement of songs and stuff like that. So I, you know, I appreciate the fact that you even did that. The other thing I would say is I'm like, damn, like, yo, listen to the album, I'm like, yo, started off. Like, that's what I got. I'm like, I telling a story. Then when I got to the end, I'm like, yo, this dude then went and got rich. <laughs> 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 like yo, this dude, I'm like yo, it, it just it just it has a nice like sonically, it just sonically has a nice, yeah, style son. nice flow to it where mm-hmm. it's well packaged and well put together. Where I'm like, all right, I, it's you know sometimes I listen to people's album and I could tell like placement is not a big thing. Like they just like boom, this is the 15 songs I got, put mm-hmm. this here, do this, do that, or whatever. They didn't think about it. But listening to listening to your album, I'm like, okay, there was some clearly there's some thought process. In terms of how these songs were arranged mm. and what order mm. and everything like that. So, I, I think that that's something that a lot of, a lot of artists, in particular younger artists, need to pay more attention to in terms of like structuring when they put a full body of work out. Because I do think like yeah. when you want people to listen to your whole project and you want your project to tell a story. And I don't know if in this day and age, because people have gotten so roped into just thinking about like, you know, like the single stuff that they stop thinking about what a whole body mm. of work actually looks like. But you got to you have a really good body of work put together that's just well Thank you. produced. They yeah,
3: got that's a
1: lot right. of nice stuff, man. There's a lot of nice stuff he got.
3: Thank you. I, I honestly feel like nowadays 11 tracks is a lot for people, you know, to be able to do that and cuz they got short attention certain quality, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it, it's got to be and that's why arrangement is so important because You know, I've heard people tell me, like, they listened to the album from start to finish. And by the time they got to the end, they didn't even realize that they listened to the whole thing already. Mm -hmm. It was just flowing. And it felt like, you know, they didn't get bored. It didn't seem like you kept hearing the same thing over and over. Like, as soon as you were ready for the Mm -hmm. next sound, the next sound came. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it just kept you interested, you know. And that was the intention behind it. Because it's like, all right, this 11 songs, I understand. People, if I was to tell you, yo, listen to these 11 songs, sit down, listen to these 11 songs, most people would be like, I listen to 11 tracks, bro. You crazy. You know, but when you just cut it on and just let it rock. I really feel like you'll get through it without ever being like turn this off or, or being like, you know, like I'm bored. Yeah. It's thirty it minutes.
0: It, yo, it's thirty yeah. minutes. You hit the you hit the nail on the head. It's thirty minutes. Like I yo, know, to me, I feel like that that's one of the issues that Drake has that, that I personally and maybe because I'm not from this era, think that I don't think that Drake has had his classic album yet. Like really? start to finish. I don't you know why I said yeah. I don't think he had it? Because I think When you put out a a album with twenty some songs, with twenty two songs on it, then after a while it's like you've left a lot of room for interpretation. But you think Mm. about like in those twenty two songs, Drake probably got ten to twelve songs that's just straight fire. That if he was like singles, (laughs) yeah, I'm gonna make this album ten to twelve songs. Then to me, he will have a he will have probably the undeniably biggest album of this of this era. Back with us, yeah. I'm back. We good, yeah. Back, yeah. So yeah, so I just, I mean, how you call it? Like I've liked, I've liked, and I've enjoyed all his albums. But I just don't, I don't think that he's had like that. Let me, I'm just gonna give you these twelve joints in every song, back to back to back. You know, like when you, Mm. when you put out 24 songs on an album in this day and age, with short attention spans and stuff like that, it just leaves too much room for interpretation.
3: That's a fact. That's a fact. I'm not gonna lie. His most recent album, I think I listened to it on a car ride from Atlanta to Buffalo. That's a 13 hour ride, mm-hmm. and I can't say it had too much replay be- replay value from my perspective. You yeah. know, About halfway through, I'm like, Yo, we still listening to Drake. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? So, and not not because it's bad,
0: not because it's bad, but I yeah, mean, not enough. Enough. Not
3: right. It's, bad, it's too after redundant. First half and be like that album was great. Second half separately and be like that album was great. But if I gotta listen 20 joints straight through, it's kind of like. That's kinda O of D. And it's just yeah. like, you know, but he's Drake, so people are gonna, you know, people are gonna be like, bro, like as long as you out of twenty, as long as you got those ten, twelve, he gonna chart. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But like, what, right, now, right now it'd be a tough position for me to be in to be doing that because it's like if I give people too much, like you said, it's too much interpretation. It's mm-hmm. too yeah, it's too easy to be to have something that you like, I don't like about this. Yeah.
1: You know, you know what he's doing, I like too that was I thought it was short because I wanted more, eighty pounds. Mm. One, I want more of that. I want more of that. The beat was killing me already. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing this in my car. Yeah. hands down, I'm playing this in my car. You know but let me ask you, is. how important, it, how important is it to stay original and be authentic?
3: I think that's the, the most important thing, honestly, as an artist. Well, with anything, honestly, because at the end of the day, God made us who we are for a reason, and can't nobody mm-hmm. beat us better than we can be. So as long as you're being yourself, you're the best, if you ask me. You know, oh, I know I've, I've said this before, and I remember I used to argue with my peers and my friends. They used to be like, bro, when you do interviews, you cannot say this. And it seemed like I've said this a few times now, and I haven't gotten too much backlash from it like they said I would. <laughs> but I always yeah. say I am the." I feel like I'm the best artist because as you should. You should. who right, else say is going to say exactly what I'm saying? Nobody's going to say. I'm saying exactly what I want to hear. So mm-hmm. if there, if this had, to, if like if they could duplicate a person, and let's say I didn't make music and I'm listening to this artist, he's literally saying my every thought. I wouldn't just be my artist? How wouldn't this be my favorite artist? You know what I'm saying? Like right. I feel like that's what makes people your favorite artist, people that you can relate to, that you can you can you can feel like that. So who else would I feel more than me? Who else music would I feel more than me? Mm-hmm. You know, so like people sometimes think that that's an arrogant thing, but I always say like you always would be the best at being yourself. So if nobody can't say you're the best, you're not the best yeah. if all you're doing is being yourself.
1: Yeah, if you, you shouldn't, if, you if shouldn't you confuse
3: failing, if you failing, you arrogance with confidence. Yeah,
1: yeah, you shouldn't confuse arrogance with confidence. See, I mean? the
3: line I think is arrogance is when you're saying that I'm better than everybody cuz y'all suck. That's the arrogance. <laughs> you know, confidence is saying I'm I'm the best because I feel like mm-hmm. I'm the best. Period. I didn't yeah. say y'all Period. suck. I just say right. I, I'm my favorite.
2: You
3: know what I'm saying? So
2: tell you what, can you give can you give me two two um artists that you would like to do a feature with eventually? Ooh. Um or like your dream your dream feature like, you know, if, yeah. if you had to name two artists, whether male or female or whatever,
3: it would definitely be uh J Cole for one. Uh Cordae's up there, Tory Lanez is up there. Um 50 Cent. It's it's is up they, there. Fifty Cent and Wayne. There
1: you go. There you go. And
3: Wayne and DMX is my favorite artist of all time.
1: Yeah. You know, Cordae.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cordae. So, I think Corday don't get enough credit to me. I, I like to see people give Corday more props. You know, I watched a video
3: so, the other day about why they
0: don't, and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> but you know, why, is there a specific what, what explanation as to why they don't give him more more credit? They feel like they feel like he's trying too hard to be
3: the image that he has they don't feel like that that's truly authentically him they feel like there's uh, things that they feel like when he says certain things he like reaching and stuff like that and i'm like how are you gonna tell this man how what he done experienced and what he you know what I'm saying how are you gonna tell him what's real and what's not i appreciate yeah, the mm-hmm. art for the art i can never tell you what your story is and even if it's not your story i appreciate the art of telling things from a different perspective it gotta be a story for you to be nice yeah i agree, I agree with that
1: yeah. i agree with that so, so why would you why would you name your album blue is a specific reason?
3: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a few reasons so the 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 one reason, the biggest reason is because um and it actually happened in the studio when I was when me and Benny was making that song together. And I had my laptop in there and I was talking to Cat who who's uh part of the BSF team. And I was telling her I'm like, yo, I'm naming my album blue. She's like, "What?" like like it's that's just <laughs> like, like would that mean? So and I had I had like a whole I'm very organized when it comes to this stuff. Like I put down my all my ideas like in one like place so that I can really articulate it. So blue, the actual color, it you know, it represents loyalty, wisdom, honor, um, mm-hmm. you know, like like calmness, a sense of calmness and stuff like that. Right. And all of these yes, things that I wanted to talk about in my music is what blue represented. All the things that I felt like were qualities and attributes of myself that I wanted to show the world were Is it? Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, we, we got you. You came back. you good.
3: So it was that. And then also, with well, all of my projects, I like to have um, meanings that are bigger than just me as an artist and use my platform to bring awareness to things that mean so personally to me. So I have a little brother who's um, autistic as well. And um, I've been doing this for every project project that I dropped so far. And like my first project I ever dropped on, on streaming platforms was called Peace of Mind, but it was pronounced... It was spelled P-I-E-C-E like a puzzle piece. Cause that's the right. that's the um symbol Aut- for autism awareness. Um oh, wow. so I named it peace of mind, and then I would, you know, I would try to do like I would try to do like uh things outside of my album using my musical platform to bring awareness to things like that. Um so like that, you know, blue okay. is the, the color for autism awareness as well. And it dropped April, which is the the National Autism Awareness Month. Month, you know what I'm right? saying so. You know, I'm trying to put together an event right now with my manager. Um, we put some things together to try to bring awareness to autism using my music platform. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like a release party where I'm gonna perform, but also this is my first time saying it like in public too. So if anybody For the world any to know, world help, in, baby. You know i anybody <laughs> has any resources that could help or want to get involved or anything like that, and have questions, just let me know. But um, you know, bringing together you know kids who have autism. Um, that have talents that are not necessarily given the voice that they deserve or the chance that they de- that they deserve to be heard. Um, oh. I'm using my platform to create the stage mm-hmm. for them to do that. So you know, I'm gonna come perform and everything like that. People gonna come see me for my album and stuff. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna bring in some you know kids on the autism spectrum for like a talent show, and they're gonna share the stage with me.
0: Yeah, that's real. Uh, so the you know, brilliant yeah, guy. All,
3: all my music, I try to. All my music, I use as a. I use my musical platform as a as a place where. I try to be inclusive for everyone, especially when things mean something personally to me. Like I said, my little brother is autistic. So, you know, that's something that I've, you know, experienced on a personal level, you know, that I want to bring awareness to.
1: Right. There's something that you mentioned earlier, man. You talked about therapy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're in a time when mental health, in my opinion, is at an all-time low. You know, mm-hmm. people are doing the heinous of things just because. They're not giving it no thought. And I've even experienced therapy as a as a in a relationship session as well as an individual session, and it's helped me a lot. Trust mm-hmm. me, it's given me some some open windows to learn about myself. Nope. How has how has therapy helped you in your life?
3: So my first form of therapy, which I didn't realize at the time, was music itself, um, just being like an outlet to express myself when I you know mm-hmm. when I've been going through things and. I've dealt with anxiety my entire life, pretty much, you know, never Mm -hmm. realizing what it was. And then, like I mentioned before, like just going through a lot of like traumatic things and, you know, just in general, um, it has, it has a lasting effect on you that some people don't really necessarily, you know, realize that it's doing that until it kind of all comes together and creates like this outburst or creates like this emotion that you never felt before. You don't know how to handle it. Um, so, you -hmm. know, like losing people, you know, my, you know, when I was in high school, like, you know, my uncle my cousin, you know, lost them, you know, to some street stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, my right. best friend, since I was in second grade, you know, passed away tragically, when up my first semester in college. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just mentioned the other people that I've lost along the way as well. Stuff like that. Right. Where it's like, created like these anxieties in me that I didn't, I didn't necessarily understand were happening as they were happening. You know, I thought that I was dealing with these things and like, you know, try to like I remember one time I told myself, you know, I don't want to feel this pain, so I'm just going to be numb and just be cold to everything. But what that does is just create, like, this coldness that you don't feel. You suppress you it. You don't feel anything. So, like, that takes away your happiness. Yeah, you suppress it. takes away it. your joy when things feel, are supposed mm-hmm. to be happy, you're supposed to enjoy it. You just, like, change your brain to, like, I'm just not going to feel anything, so at least I'm not I'm not hurt okay. by this. You know, so, like, That's right. things like that that I didn't realize I was doing until, you know, um uh, about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, um... I just started to feel like anxiety really, really, really heavy. And it was Mm. to the point where it got scary. Like I I never felt like physical symptoms of anxiety the way that I was. Like it's always been up in my head and like, you know, I could deal Mm -hmm. with those thoughts or like, you know, kind of work around them or to go to the studio. I noticed, um, you know, it just eventually got to the point where I would go to the studio and try to get things off my chest. And then I'm still having anxiety. attack. I'm still having a panic attack in the studio. Like, yo, I got to leave. Like, I don't know. Like I tried to rap about it, try to try to play my piano, play my trumpet and let it all out but it didn't work like now, like everything that I'm I'm used to have been working before no longer was working because things were just building up and it was getting to a point where I didn't know how to handle it. So, you know, I was just like, let me go ahead and figure this out. And really what I got out of therapy, the biggest thing I would say is understanding and learning because, Mm. you know, Mm. we as humans, we fear what we don't know. And that was the most scary part for me about anxiety was that I don't, I didn't know what was going on. And I really felt like something was wrong with me physically. And that was scary. again. Say that one more we, time. We fear what we don't know. So, you know, in order to stop fearing something, sometimes you just gotta learn about it. And it's not as scary as you thought it was, you know. And it's yeah, no, more yeah. normal than you thought it was. So, like me dealing with these things, I'm like in my head, I'm like, yo, don't nobody understand what I'm first of all, what I'm going through. You no, know, I can't explain this to nobody because I don't even know what's mm-hmm. going on to even explain it. And on top of that, like, I've never felt it before. So this is scary. This is new. This is a feeling mm-hmm. that I've never felt with. I don't know how to get rid of it. So me going to therapy, you know, I kind of explained like, you're not crazy. This is a normal thing. And this is you know right. me, me talking about things that I haven't talked about in a long time and putting the pieces right. together. That's what the therapist was able to do was like piece things together for me that I wasn't making a connection to like, okay, that make a lot of sense. So when this happens, that means that's coming from this. So now I know how to attack it because I know what it's coming from. It's not like yeah. it's creeping up on me unexpectedly. It's like when I feel anxiety, I know why I'm getting anxious now. You know, I know how to, I know I'm learning techniques to be able to calm myself down you know, learning, you go. learning, learning tricks of the trade, and learning, you know, like the science behind it. Even of like, this is natural responses that your body is doing, and that's easily <laughs> controllable. Like you, you know, it's hard to control your thoughts because it's like you got to think about the thought that you're tripping about in order to fix the thought. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. Sometimes in right. your head, it's like, if I'm already thinking about something in certain way, ways, make me feel a like, way. How am I supposed to trick my mind to think something else when my mind is the one doing it in the first place? So it's like learning right. the things to like, kind of like control your body in a sense to where, you know, okay, I'm more comfortable when this happens. I understand what's going on. Let me just let it do its thing. Let me, mm-hmm. matter of fact, let me just sit back and chill and let this anxiety. Take right. Cause if I, if I, was, I worry about it and try to figure out how to stop it, I'm not going to be able to stop it. Then it's going to make me more anxious.
1: <laughs> right. And I, I was, I was going to add on to that. You know, sometimes you just need to slow down. Yeah. And slow down your thoughts and, and kind of breathe, you know, one of the, one of the, the most important practices that most of us have not yet to learn is the proper way of breathing mm-hmm. and how that calms the body down and sits you in a place. Cause I tell people all the time, the person you're having a conversation with most is you. Nice. Even, even as four of us are sitting here talking to one another, we are also talking to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very cognizant of the words we're using amongst one another because we're using them on ourselves. Mm. So for me, that's what it taught me. Let me think of why, let me, why am I thinking that? Right. Where is that thought coming from? And why is it coming at this time? Right. You know, is it a trigger? For me, it was triggers. Same. Like certain, I, hear, I hear a certain raising of a voice or a certain word mm. or just a behavior and now I'm I'm amped up and I'm mad and I'm like, oh shit is about to pop off. Let me get my shit. You know?
3: Right, right, right.
1: I I don't have to do none of that. <laughs>
3: you know what I'm yourself, saying? You're, you're protecting yourself from stuff that might not even be there. And you, and you it, might that's not the thing even like your brain, there. your body can't tell the difference when things are a reality versus when it's just made up in your mind. Your your brain is basically it's going off of signals that you're giving it. You know what I'm saying? Your body just reacting to it. So when you oh, like, yeah. like 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 triggers, like you know, a certain word might come up and it makes you think of something that triggers you to have ang- anxious thoughts and you know Bye. you know like bro, they go. your body is so used to you hearing that word and it means whatever it means to you and your body's natural reaction is to protect you from it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I used to hear certain words and it'd be like bro don't say that. Like like chill, don't say that. Don't talk about that. I don't wanna talk about that right now. Or I would hear, right. it, like, bro, it was so important. We're like, I'm not watching the news. I'm not going on social media, stuff like that, because all that stuff has an effect on you that we don't really realize mm-hmm. that we're doing. Like, you might be scrolling and see something and be like, oh, that's crazy. Keep scrolling. Your brain thought of that. Your brain remembered that. Yeah. Your brain more picked it you, up. Yo, yeah, so, it, yes, sir. You know so it's like yes, sir. I would see stuff on that just social media and be like, man, that just made me feel away." Or i get off social media and just feel drained and be like, wow, I feel like that. And then I I noticed that I'm like, you got to pay attention to what you're consuming. Even when you are mm-hmm. listening to the music, right? I don't listen to music that doesn't speak to what I want to feel at the time, because I'm I'm the way I consume music is off of feeling. So whatever they're talking about in the music mm-hmm. is what I'm going to feel. And if I don't want to think about right. that or feel that way, I'm not going to do that. That's why people, when you're about to play a football game, you listen to hype, hype music. When I'm about to box, I'm about to listen to music. That's going to make me want to fight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going right. to go listen to, you know, Mary Jane Blythe, Stevie or, Wonder, Stevie Wonder, ripping or, you know, in the you know, sky. Saying, I'm, like, I'm not gonna listen to that before I'm trying to fight because it's gonna you're, gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, your body's gonna react to whatever you're consuming. So when I learned that, I'm like, okay, mm. it made it a lot easier to kind of navigate through things without having those anxious thoughts come up because it was a, a big hindrance to a lot of things. Like, I'm not going to certain places or I'm not flying here because I have anxiety about this or I'm not and, you know, talking to this person because they always talk about something negative And it's like, I'll literally not text people back or not call people back because I'm feeling the way and it's, it, it would start to have like a hindrance on my everyday activities and that's when mm-hmm. it becomes an issue and that's when I found out okay like, I need yeah. to see somebody about this because now because it's affecting of distraction man yeah now it's affecting what I'm supposed to be doing
1: mm. God bless you bro so what's
3: I like next, you man what's, what's I really word, like this kid <laughs>
0: what's next
3: for Young World? huh? what's next for Young huh? World? man so Right now what I'm trying to do is uh hit the road, you know, get these shows going. I feel like performing is one of my favorite parts about being an artist, honestly. Like, you know, getting to perform and like actually rap these songs in front of people that actually came to see me and know the words and relate to it. It's like you in a room full of yous. you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> um so that's really my favorite part and I'm I'm ready for people to like, you know, get outside with me and you know, let's let's start touring this touring this album, um, you know, touching new faces, new ears. And, you know, seeing what we could do, let's take it to the next level. Because honestly, like I said, this is really just an introductory for me. You know, I'm really at an intro part of my career where people are just not getting to know me. So it's like, I'm still in that grind mode. I still got that hunger. I still got that something to prove mentality where it's like, you know, I, the music on, the music is always there, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of other components mm-hmm. that go into it that I'm also learning at the same time that are actually just as important, if not more important, than the music sometimes. So it's about, that's where I'm at now is just, Figuring that part of the game out, you know, um, what I'm excited to do is get on the road and do these shows, do interviews and get to talk about the music. You know, the music has been made for a long time. I've been hearing it for a long time. Now it's like, I like to enjoy what people think about it. Now I want to yeah. see what people think. Yeah.
0: I'll say, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have any other questions, but I, I do have a comment. I'll say this, like, you know, like, um, I'm impressed, man, because you, you, you I am too. A, a, a very, too. a very good artist that has put together a solid, body of work and you know my advice to you would be to stay stay true to your art and stay passionate about it you know I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've heard all the stories of the music industry and I'm sure that you probably had some experiences already with -hmm. the music industry and the music industry sometimes can be unkind and can rob people of their passion to actually want to do music and keep their artistry alive but if you can always find a way to kind of go back into that hunger of when you was on punishment, and you was yeah. making those beats.
1: <laughs> That's continue, key, right there. <laughs> you'll continue
0: to evolve and be the best artist that you could be. You know, like I think there, there's, there is a component of making music for yourself and making music for your, um, your consumers. I think if you could find the perfect marriage of both, then I yeah. think that you know you'll continue to blossom and be a successful artist. And I think it's always important to remember too. Like there are many people who have hit records that they didn't go into the studio with the intentions of saying, yo, I want to make a song that plays on the radio mm-hmm. every day. The pe- Like what you were saying about the AirPods, the people gravitated towards it. They embraced it and said, you know what? This is the, this, this is the record from Young World. This is the one yeah. that we need to have on rotation. And it may be your least favorite record that you've ever recorded, right, yeah. but it spoke to so many different people's soul that they embraced it and they took it and ran with it. So yo, just, just keep up the good work, man, and keep doing what you're
3: doing. Man, I appreciate that, for real definitely definitely let me ask you a question are you an
1: avid reader
3: yeah bro yo i just finished this book called the secret and i found out that it's like a part of a oh. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of next on my list um i got a couple of books i'm reading at the same time I'm, i know jake he's also the president of bsf and like benny's manager and stuff he he gave me a book that i'm reading um right now about concentration i think it's like the power of concentration if i'm not mistaken See? something about like that
1: that that's where them lyrics come from, bro. That's yeah. why I'm, dig- I'm digging in, I'm digging in your crops a little bit, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm going I'm a, I'm a offer you a book that I think would be great during your travels. It's called Three Magic Words by U.S. Anderson. It Talks about mental toughness. It talks about mental fortitude and also having a great vision and seeing it through. It's I'm called right now, right now. Three magic, magic words. words. Three magic <laughs> words by U.S. Anderson.
3: And you know what's crazy? My mom used to make me, uh, I used to have to read. So, you know, after school and stuff, like, I played sports and stuff since a kid. But mm-hmm. my mom used to make me come home and do my homework and then read for an hour a day. For an and hour. Then have to, and then I Absolutely. Have to do book reports on it. <laughs> so that on top of your school yeah. reading and stuff like that, it just kind of, in a way, it forced me to like reading. Like, I learned early on that, like, it's not about that I don't like reading. It's just that I like to read what I like to read. So when you got books Yo, that you like to read. It's, it's actually Let me tough.
1: tell you something, man. You come you come from good cloth, bro.
3: Yeah. I know that. <laughs> and mom, the moms, and pops with that, that
1: good it. cloth. Yeah. At they the got that I good cloth for book, you, man. man.
3: My mom making me read this, but I can't go outside. I gotta read, y'all. I was mad about it before, but now I'm like <laughs> good looking, good looking. Now you can
1: apply it, because you can yeah, apply it now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: definitely. That's what's, what's up. But God on, bless man. you, bro. X, I Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Jesse, closing words? Hey man, I want to
2: say thank you for coming in and, and 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 you know sitting sitting down and you know joining us tonight, man. Uh shout out to your manager, manager Victoria. Mm-hmm. She's doing an awesome job. You are doing an awesome job. Shout out exactly. to the whole BSF. You guys keep 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 doing it, man. Keep pushing, man. Sky's the limit.
3: Man, appreciate y'all for having me and big shout out to Victoria. You know, she be pulling yeah. the strings, making it happen. You know, me and Victoria she just act up. You know, that's that's part of the growing too, because I was like I we met through my lawyer and i my lawyer you know. I ain't never trust nobody with my career, <laughs> you know. So shout out to Victoria for doing her thing, man. Nice. And I yep. appreciate y'all for having me. This is definitely, this is the first interview since my album came out. Really? <laughs> this they was were. Definitely one of my my favorite interviews I've done. In the very go long time. Yo, go get that blue. Go get that blue, y'all. Yo. So
0: yo, so you gotta tell everybody where they can get
3: your album at, real quick. Definitely, man. So if you're on my page or you go to my page right after this, this link is in my bio. Um, but also, I'm Young World on every platform. You know, same as my Instagram name is on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, whatever you listen listening to your music on, YouTube. You know, new music videos coming soon. Uh, touring coming soon. So if you're in the city that you want, to come se- you want to see your boy, holler at your promoters, hit me up, and we can make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate y'all for the platform, as always. Appreciate everybody that's tuning in. And yeah, man. I'm excited. Shout for out to Buffalo. So
1: Shout out to them Buffalo boys, huh? <laughs>
3: Facts. Big shout out. Big shout out. Also, check out his his,
2: his. single wins and losses, y'all.
3: Definitely. My single wins and losses featuring Sire The Kid as well. The video is out on YouTube for that as well. Um, I got something special coming for the song with me and Benny the Butcher, Shine. I did, like, this documentary for it. I got behind-the-scenes footage and vlog footage. More YouTube content and and vlogs coming. All of that, man. So, I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: Stay creative,
1: King. Stay creative, baby.
0: Thank you, everybody, for the No Ideas Original Podcast. Salute, everybody. Have a good night.
1: Peace. Peace.
0: Peace.